Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. You know, if you truly want us to think that climate change exists, if you want us to at least humor this fact, stop giving us these insane headlines that are completely out of touch. They, they try to thread a needle that just cannot be threaded, but they're going to do it anyways because they want to create panic porn. They want you to be afraid. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Some of the craziest things I've seen, and they did this during COVID. Remember, they talked about how all these people are going to die and you have to stay in your home and put on a mask, put on two masks, put on a binder, you know, the face of shield, uh, all these crazy things that they wanted you to do. And they scared you every single day. Oh, here's the new variant, the Delta, the Quadruplo, the Omicron, all these stupid variants coming left and right. And yet everybody who was level-headed, who took data as it came in, who looked at the trends, who looked at the uh, the actual data, we were all like, look, let's just play it by ear. You know, we don't have to go into a cave and hide. We can wear We don't need to wear a mask because it's ineffective. We don't need a booster shot. We don't need any of those shots. I love what the Babylon Bee said. They, they said that they were going to they were going to commemorate Dr. Fauci with a 21 booster salute. Of course, they wanted you to take a booster every friggin' week. And so we get these crazy headlines because they said that after COVID, they were going to pivot on to climate change, and they have done that quite a bit. They have taken this summer, which I live on the East Coast, and it's now it's gotten hot over the last month, but we didn't crack 85 until mid-June. That doesn't happen typically. We're usually in the 90s, you know, May 31st. So uh, you can't say that this is some crazy heat wave that's coming through. I mean, there's heat waves in certain areas. But that's not out of the trends. But they, you know, they lie to you because the goal is about control. Listen to this from Sky News. A car went up in flames in Los Angeles on a freeway as California is hit by a blistering heat wave. However, it's not clear if the accident was heat related. This car is completely in flames. It's like Ghost Rider's car. I mean, it's like a ball of fire on the heat on the freeway. And they're trying to say it had something to do with climate change. That's what I'm talking about. You see these things all the time, these little stretches that they have. In fact, there was another one. Oh, yeah, here's the Babylon B one. It said, uh, retired Dr. Fauci to be honored with a 21 booster shot salute. <laughs> but going on to the climate scam, scientists warm extreme weather may be the preview of unpredictable chaos and com- to come if the world continues to pump out Planet heating pollution. That's CNN. Fake news. Um, Yeah, they're going to try to scare you at every level because the idea is to make you pivot from the classic elements of freedom. Oil, you know, that you play. Have you played risk? You know what I mean? Like having oil is a big deal. And they're trying to pivot us off of it while... China doubles down, triples down, and we'll get into that. But we have we have this move away from legitimate energy sources to just crazy alternatives that just do not work and have crazy 
um, ex- externalities, more toxic than, than oil itself. And we talked about that on a previous podcast, how the, the solar panels were, you know, burning up birds and the footings of the solar panel made a concrete basically destroy. You know, you put a, a solar farm out there on God knows how many acres of land that could have been agricultural land farmed. Now it's filled with concrete footers. You can't do anything with that land. It's useless. You know, the shelf life of these solar panels do not last that long. And it takes more money to recycle them than to just dump them in a landfill. So everyone's dumping them in a landfill. The technology goes out of, out of date. It's obsolete within 15 years, but yet you're paying 30-year loans on these things. Or, may, or maybe you're paying a 15-year loan. They go obsolete in, in 10. You know, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. EVs with the car batteries that burn up. We're using rare earth minerals, right? They're rare. That means we're going to run out of them. And to do it, they got to mine and destroy water, potable water tables. You know, they have to destroy uh, environmental infrastructure just to get these rare earth minerals. And they're paying these people to mine it like a dollar a day. And so we're supposed to forget all of that and go, well, my car plugs into a wall and doesn't have some exhaust coming out. So I'm saving the planet. You're an idiot. That's not how this works. And so we get idiots like this, like John Kerry. Thank God he didn't become president in 2004 because all of this insanity probably would be in full motion even more than they are now had he beat George W. Bush for what that's worth. But listen to John Kerry just pulling up the hysteria to 11. You ask the question, what's it going to look like? Uh, That depends on what we decide to do. It's very obvious that there are huge threats here. Uh, Literally, food production for an entire continent could implode. Water is already diminishing. Last year, the Rhine River was down to inches. They had to stop navigation on the river because of it. You're seeing glaciers that are now absolutely predictable as to when they will be completely gone. And, and at the rate the ice is melting in the north and south of Antarctica and Antarctica, um, there are dire predictions now about how that's moved forward by about 30 years at the pace at which the, the, it is vanishing. Uh, and parts of the Earth are warming much faster than other parts of the Earth. The Arctic, for instance, is warming four times faster than the rest of the Earth. Other places are. We're hitting heat levels in places that have never been lived by human beings on a regular basis. So, you know, what is the good life going to look like in the future? I'm an optimist. I'm genuinely an optimist about this. I'm watching what is now happening because of the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm seeing new processes, new seriousness of purpose among people who up until now never thought they had to be serious. So I'm, I, I have a sense that if we could come together and continue to accelerate the reduction of these emissions, we have an incredibly bright energy future staring us in the face. We can have clean energy. We can have energy that, if not renewable, is still clean in, in nuclear or whichever. So John Kerry's throwing everything at us right there. The world's going to end. You know, we only got eight years left. I think it was 12 years a few years ago under AOC. And she gave us the countdown. It was eight. It was 12. It was 10. You know, whatever. They've got it all figured out. And we need to uh, pay more taxes and give up more freedom and go back more into the Stone Age so that we can turn the temperature down a point of a degree for the, you know, we want to bring it down two degrees in the next thousand years None of my relatives or maybe even the human race are going to be around at that point. 
but for some reason, we got to have that level of zealotry. But listen to this. Speaking of zealotry, the, the key that the left does is if they want to, if they engage in behavior that they know is BS, that they know is nefarious, well, they just get defensive and double and triple down on it. And so now the big push, as we always did with Leonardo DiCaprio and everybody else, oh, they're all flying to Davos in private jets. Hey, you're the climate czar, John Kerry. Why are you flying to Davos in a private jet? And he gets mad. You're, you're saying I have a private jet? I don't have a private jet. Just listen to this fool. Persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. No, he doesn't have a private jet. You should believe him because he's really, really stern about it, right? He's very passionate and stern. And how dare you uh, talk about the private jet that I don't own that my wife owns and that, yeah, she used to have, but then she sold it. So, yeah, then he turns around. You know, the life comes at you fast or when you're on Twitter, it's the how it started, how it's going. And, and they put the side by side. This is the side-by-side. Listen to what happened when John Kerry was grilled about the fact that he flew private jets, his wife owned a private jet, and the amount of emissions that he put out through his private jet was enormous. Mr. Secretary, uh, in in exchange with Mr. Mills, you uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record... uh, article here from February 15th of 2023, the the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony that you've never owned or I personally, I personally, yes, my wife owned a plane and sold the plane. You flew on that plane? uh, Not in a number of years, but I have flown on it, sure. This article is not then inaccurate that your family owned a plane you flew on a plane. There, my Mr. wife, Secretary, owned, Mr. Secretary, my wife here's, the, here's the issue. Yeah. This isn't some kind of partisan gotcha. When we are asking Americans to make serious sacrifices as we transition for the common good, and your family and or yourself are flying around on private jets, that smacks of hypocrisy. It actually hurts your cause. Mr. Secretary, but I'll, I'll move on. I but, but just want to know sir, from a record sir, standpoint. Afford me the, the right at least to set the record straight here. I do not fly on a private jet. Uh, I, do, I do not fly. I fly commercially. Have on you flown all on of a private jet since you've taken this position? Just, just let, me, let me just finish. I have flown five times in the last two and a half years on Millair, which you also fly on. Sure. And or some of you who travel fly on five times. Otherwise, all of my trips are commercial. Have airlines. you flown on a private jet in a personal or official capacity since you've taken this position? Possibly once. I, I don't. I think I just don't. I'm, I'm trying to think. Of I, I think you need to take the broader point of how this appears to the American people no, as we're asking them to take that. that. Let me tell you why. Mr. I, you, you we're know, not asking you know Americans. We're not asking Americans not to fly. You know, you're, you're trying to create an unequal thing. We're not no, saying we're don't you fly. To lead by example, Mr. Secretary. That's what we're at. You, which is why I fly commercially. By example, which is why I fly. In that vein, does your office uh, or the State Department keep a record of your official travel and scheduled meetings? Of course. Uh, 
Does that include the individuals you're scheduled to meet with? Uh, I, can you provide that? Can you provide those records to Congress? Will you provide those records to Congress of who I've met with? Uh, your official travel, your official travel, taxpayer funded while in this position. Sure, happy to do so. Thank you. I appreciate that uh, commitment. So John Kerry basically lied out of his rusty sheriff's badge, and the plane was registered to Flying Squirrel LLC, a charter company owned by Kerry's wife, Teresa Hines Kerry. This guy is just a, he's full of it. He's always been full of it. And I think we need to recognize that he's probably full of it with the climate. Wouldn't you say? Look at this, Fox News. John Kerry's family private jet emitted over 300 metric tons of carbon since Biden took office. Oh, man. This is, it's, <laughs> you can't even make it up. Special president, uh, presidential envoy. We'll get into that in a minute, too. What, what office is the special presidential envoy for climate? Um, John Kerry's family's jet has emitted over 300 metric tons of carbon dioxide since the Biden administration began. John Kerry's family jet, a Gulfstream GIV SP, has made a total of 48 trips lasting more than 60 hours and estimated uh, an emission coverage of 715,886 pounds or 325 metric tons, which, you know, I mean, if we didn't have that uh, pounds, you know, that 715,000 pounds listing, who would have known what those metric tons totals would have been um, of carbon? That's a joke for the patheads uh, of carbon since President Biden was sworn into office, according to da uh, federal data obtained by Fox News. The plane belongs to Flying Squirrel LLC, a charter company owned by Kerry's wife, Teresa Hines Kerry and in which Kerry reported owning more than $1 million in stake on his most recent financial disclosure. President Biden appointed Kerry to lead the State Department's global climate change outreach shortly after taking office in 2021. Since then, Kerry has traveled around the world to the United Nations, climate conferences, meetings with international heads of state, and the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland. Now, the thing you have to remember with Joe Biden and John Kerry, there's a little bit of a relationship there. In fact, one of Hunter Biden's businesses, Burisma, I think it's John Kerry's stepson is involved with. Hmm, isn't that funny? Isn't that quaint? Isn't that interesting that that's the guy they picked to be the climate czar for this sub-branch of the bureaucracy? It's not even a bureaucratic office. And there's questions about who's in the office. But when we look at it, we have to look at the fact that they're, they're, they've got financial interest in globalization. They must have financial interest in green energy. But um, this is how John Kerry apologizes for people flying private jets to Davos. From the National Review, they're working harder. John Kerry defends climate activists who fly private jet, uh, jets to Davos. Asked in a recent interview about the hypocrisy displayed by the climate activists who fly private to the World Economic Forum conference in Switzerland, John Kerry defended elite travelers, insisting that they take pains to 
offset their outsized carbon footprints. We're supposed to just take their word for this. I heard Al Gore say the same garbage. Oh, you know, they're paying for all these carbon uh, offsets. You know, Coldplay, that crappy band that had two good albums when they started and just went down the crapper when Gwyneth Paltrow stepped in, into the scene with her goo candles and her sanctum sex club acts. That guy put out, oh, look at our tour. We're offsetting by planting trees for all the times we have to fly to whatever. Do we really know they're doing this? Or are they just telling us and selling us a bill of goods? Or are they getting up with the rhino Christy Gnome out there in South Dakota and stealing people's farmland so they can build carbon capture places so they can buy these carbon credits and put carbon into the earth for some reason. I don't know, but this is where he goes on. Well, they actually, I've talked to them about it. They offset former secretary of state should be noted as well. John Kerry said to Yahoo news in an interview, they buy offsets, they offset, and they're working harder than most people I know to be able to affect this transition. Transition is that. Did you vote for that transition? Carbon offsets are reductions in carbon emissions used to cancel out the use of carbon emitting travel fuels. <laughs> I mean, so they're just going to take money and go, I'm going to buy this thing over here. And that means I can fly more. Guess what? They're going to do that with the social credit score and you're not going to have any choice. You just better be a good citizen that does nothing wrong. And when you go, well, I don't do anything wrong. Define what is wrong. You'll learn real quick that maybe your definition is different than theirs. So <laughs> this is how he explains away the whole, you know, the whole thing of why they fly to Davos. He obviously couldn't explain it right there in the committee about why his wife had a jet, but his family didn't have a jet. Oh, I didn't personally have a jet, but my wife did. Guess what? On the tax form, you file Mary filing jointly. So if your wife owns it and you don't personally own it, your family does. So uh, don't BS me. Yeah, Boston Herald. Records raise more questions about John Kerry's climate office inner workings. Huh. John Kerry's tight-lipped climate office appears to be so worried about putting anything down in writing, they push for a meeting with the boss to discuss, quote, all the elements we can't put on paper, new documents reveal, which is why even a bureaucratic office, FOIA, is necessary. Freedom of Information Act. That's why Hillary Clinton had a private server in a bathroom that she had to jiggle the toilet uh, handle to get the server to boot up. That's why she destroyed all of her her devices with bleach bit and, and erased them and wiped them like with a cloth. That's why you've got Hunter Biden out there and, you know, he's got all of his thousands of LLCs. Well, it's probably about tens of LLCs, but they're funneling money, bouncing it all through so he can deduct deductions for hooking up with hookers and and sex club parties pretending it's golf trips and you know business expenses they're liars that's why they have their own email addresses and they don't use what the real channels of government should be so they can avoid freedom of information and this little climate envoy office is not putting anything down on paper i wonder why back to the boston herald in a series of emails obtained through a public records request Kerry's subordinates write about 
FY22 and 23 budgets and how not to leave a paper trail. Quote, I would also suggest a call or a meeting soon with JK to update him on FY22 and 23, fiscal year 22 and 23, focusing on all the elements we can't put on paper, a March 9 memo from the Climate Office states. Also, all the emails made public following the Freedom of Information Act request by a watchdog group redact all climate staff names. Tom Fitton over at Judicial Watch is actively trying to get the names, the titles, and who these people are in that climate office. I'm sure they have some really good backgrounds and connections. Other emails released in the FOIA talk about pizza parties and traveling to COP26, last year's climate conference in Glasgow, uh, in Scotland. Also, it talks about appointments with the Sierra Club, Zoom meetings with lobbyists, and having the White House respond to reporter questions, scheduling conflicts, and lots of redactions. Now, I don't want to go down the Pizzagate rabbit hole, but there's been a couple things I think is weird. Um, because I don't believe in QAnon, but I be- you've heard me say this a thousand times, but I, le- I believe some of the aspects of what the QAnon people talk about, some of the tidbits, sound of freedom, uh, are real. Child sex trafficking, pedophile ring. What is it that they're doubling, tripling down on to basically say, yeah, Hunter Biden, you, cre- you didn't disclose millions of dollars on your tax returns and came up with fraudulent deductions. But you know what? You're not going to be caught with a, fe- a felony offense. Um, you know, we're, we, we censored everybody online, including RFK Jr. about his Hank Aaron tweet. But you know what? It's okay. We, we should have been allowed to censor. It's no big deal. We're just going to get up here and genuflect and, and make monologues about how bad Trump is and Trump's taxes and he's literally Hitler and black Americans have had years and years of slavery and all, all these crazy things they threw at the hearings that had nothing to do with what the actual premise of the hearing was. And the fact that the DOJ and none of them are, are investigating, they're just going after you know, the, the January 6th protester who was busted because his ex-girlfriend was in the crowd wearing a pink beret and they were able to crowdsource the fact that he was down there on the corner with her at that time. So now they're going to put him in jail for, what, seven years for excessive parading. Meanwhile, you know, dropping off cocaine for a delivery in the White House, pretending like it was found in a cubby. Eh, we don't know who did that. I just find it weird. And one of the things the QAnon people talk about is the code words for things. Ice cream being a code word. God, Joe Biden loves some ice cream, doesn't he? Talks about it all the time. Jen Psaki talked about ice cream. They talk about ice cream a lot. Why? What is the fascination with, fascination with ice cream? I don't know. They talk about hot dogs. Listen to Mitt Romney awkwardly talking about hot dogs. But hot dog is a code word, too. Well, as you all know, today is National Hot Dog Day. And uh, perhaps you also know that hot dog is my favorite meat. I love hot dogs. Uh, I love them in buns. I love them outside of buns. I love them with baked beans. I just like hot dogs. It's the best you know, best meat there is, without question. So to all of you who, like me, are celebrating uh, National Hot Dog Day, uh, congratulations to you. And may there be many, many more hot dogs served in our wonderful land. Yeah, Mitt Romney likes all the hot dog meats. Hot dog meat is the best meat. He likes it in a bun and and out of a bun. The hell does that even mean? And hot dog meat? 
It's like snouts and, and hooves. And what I mean, I like hot dogs. I'm fine with it being snouts and hooves. But I'm also not going to sit there and take the occasion to not worry about ice cream day, which we never heard anything about that, or any of the other days, even trans, uh, well, no, no, what was it, uh, uh, Disability Pride Month, right? All of these months and days. But the one day that got commemorated was the same day of the IRS whistleblower, and that was National Hot Dog Day by this guy. And guess what? Hot dog is another uh, code word of sex trafficking and pedophilia. Hmm, that's odd, isn't it? Makes one think. And you know what another one is? Pizza. And the Pizza Gate. You know, the Pizza Gate thing was they, it wasn't about Comet Pizza, although if you read that owner's cryptic Instagram messages, they're really creepy and they allude to pedophilia. But the real crux of the reason why anyone even thought about looking at a Comet Pizza was it was in the Podesta emails. What did they say? $65,000 Obama spent in the White House for a pizza party and hot dog party. Well, because when I eat pizza, I want to eat hot dogs too. Uh, that's odd. And they said, are the same, quote, waitresses going to be there? What does the, quote, waitresses mean? Really weird stuff. But when you see things like the sound of freedom and you see things like how they're tripling down on the IRS whistleblower and the tech companies and how they freaked out as soon as Trump came into office as if he, you know, was going to find the stash of weed in the the 16-year-old's closet. I think there's something to it. I don't know. I'm just going to go back to the article here and go back with the content that I originally planned for, but I do find it strange. And I always kind of go, yeah, you know, you can call these people loony and say they're nuts because there's a QAnon thing, but you know what? A lot of my conspiracy theories have come true, and I always just kind of log it in the back of my head going, hmm, that's interesting. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's not. But if something pops up that goes, kaboom, look at this. Here's Jeffrey Epstein with a sex island. Here's David, was it Nygaard with a sex island? Here's probably Victor Branson from Virgin with a sex island. And Epstein is the one to go down. He gets put in jail, and then suddenly he's off with the cameras off and, and the guards sleeping, and no one saw him come. Come on. I'm just going to log that in the back of my head and go, you know what? If I get more evidence that corroborates it, then I'll be right. If not, then these people were crazy. Back to the Boston Herald. Um, it's all just the first batch of records obtained by the Protect the Public Trust uh, PAC that's suing Kerry in federal court for access to the climate office records. So we don't even know who's in this office. And this is supposedly an office that works with, um, with the state department. And we know the state department was out there under Hillary Clinton, flipping, flipping countries, throwing, throwing regime change out. Like it was, you know, uh, John Holmes, shooting it out all over the place. I mean, it's crazy. That's why Libya, Libya was the most failed experiment in their regime change. civil society 2.0 event where they collaborated with revolutionaries, showed them how to use tech to organize, got them to inorganically overthrow a leader. And then they can remake the country. That's what they try to do in Ukraine. And they did it in Libya. 
although they didn't put anybody in its place. So the UN stepped in and then we got Benghazi. So it's, it's really, it's really crazy. But then you have the media going on. Like I started in the beginning of this podcast about their panic porn. Listen to this. (laughs) John Kerry steps into the searing China heat as world's two biggest polluters try to fix fractured ties. He's getting that searing heat as John Kerry arrived in Beijing for a long-awaited trip to restart climate negotiations. The U.S. climate envoy stepped off the plane into one of the hottest summers recorded in Chinese capital. Since 1951, Beijing has seen temperatures breaching 104 degrees, um, 40 degrees Celsius. Again, if we didn't have the Fahrenheit calculation, we wouldn't know what it was, right, Pat Eds? And on 11 days, with almost half of them occurring in the past few weeks, um, according to a new record from the city's uh, hottest day in June. It's just they're going to double and triple and quadruple down on, you know, the weather is hot this year. So even though it hasn't been everywhere and uh, that means climate change, climate change revealed. There you go. But then you have to question the way John Kerry treats China and the way China treats John Kerry. Listen to this from Free Beacon. Ahead of Beijing trip, John Kerry refuses to call China's Xi a dictator. In congressional testimony, Biden's climate envoy doesn't want to get tied up in labels and names. Oh, yeah, we don't want to call him a dictator. You know, we don't want to condemn him or anything. We don't want to condemn somebody that's uh, enslaving the Uyghur Muslim population in genocide camps. Ah, enslaving its own people with social credit scores, destroying megachurches, and rewriting the Bible with AI. Hmm. I, taking and rewriting the Bible in Xi's image. Yeah, we don't want to call him a dictator or anything. President Joe Biden's climate envoy, John Kerry, criticized Biden's description of Chinese President Xi Jinping as a dictator during the congressional testimony, saying that Biden administration should get not, they shouldn't get tangled up in labels and names, you know. Kerry's comments come ahead of his visit to Beijing to discuss climate change. Uh, when Kerry was asked by Representative Daryl Issa if he agreed with Biden's recent statement and conceded that Xi wields enormous power as the leader of China, quote, frankly, all of that is water off a duck's back. Is it clean water off of a clean duck's back? One that's not covered in oil that has to be cleaned up with Dawn Palmolive or whatever. And don't think we ought to get, I don't think we ought to get tangled up in labels and names. <laughs> it's just because he's got an affinity for China. And that's the problem. Biden's bought by China. Kerry's bought by China. Feinstein had a Chinese spy driving around for 20 years. Mitch McConnell's wife is bought by China. Our government is bought by China, and you've heard me say this a bunch. Um, but that's, that's our biggest problem. We're being bought by a communist adversary. And look at how they treat John Kerry. John Kerry, this is also from the Washington Free Beacon, John Kerry reduced to Zoom as the CCP rolls out the red carpet for the Taliban. See, that we had this crazy rush to get out of Afghanistan under Biden. And Biden said, well, you know, Trump said he was going to leave Afghanistan. 
Well, the way that they did it, they just like packed everyone up and said, get the hell out of here. Leave everyone behind. Military go first. Everybody else fend for themselves. And in the aftermath of people hanging from wheel wells of airplanes trying to escape the impending attacks and impending oppression of the Taliban, we gave the airbase that we spent millions of over to China. And we gave them the opportunity to get all the rare earth minerals we'll need for these great EVs um, in Afghanistan, to which China is now partnering like they have in Africa with their Belt and Road Initiative with the Taliban. And so the Taliban uh, is getting the red carpet for China. But John Kerry is reduced to having to talk on a Zoom call that he flew a jet to go to. He flew his private jet to go Zoom call this meeting. Chinese diplomats uh, relegated Biden's climate czar to a Zoom conference the same day China joined Taliban leaders in a photo op to pledge friendly relations with the terror group. Kerry was denied face-to-face interactions with senior Chinese officials, such as Foreign Minister Wang Yi, Vice Premier Hang Zhang, Han Zhang. China instead dispatched a junior-level climate official to meet with the former Secretary of State in the city of Tangjing. Kerry's bungled visit coincided with Beijing's open arms embrace of the Taliban leadership at an in-person visit in Qatar, affirming China's interest in furthering family relations to fill the vacuum in Afghanistan left by Americans' withdrawal. Kerry met separately with Yi and Zhang over the Zoom call. The Chinese officials reportedly bristled at Kerry's suggestions to decouple climate change from the United States uh, or decouple climate change and other issues from China's policy and fix tensions between China and the United States, leaving no immediate results from the meeting. Oh, man. So we need to get into, because there's more treatment on the other side of this break that I want to get into with John Kerry, but we need to get into what China is doing with these rare earth minerals and with these countries that they've uh, adopted and paid for and how they are getting the rare earth minerals to build these electric vehicles. We're going to do that on the other side of the break. Stick with me. This is Adrian Slade. So China's basically making John Kerry look like a fool, <laughs> relegating him to Zoom calls, uh, you know, shrugging him off for the Taliban. And Town Hall had this from uh, Katie Pavlich. Um, John Kerry all but laughed out of the China trip following his climate change summit. <laughs> Former Secretary of State and current Biden climate czar John Kerry made a trip to China this week in an effort to get the communist regime on board with Uh, economy-stifling, ineffective global climate change policies. Uh, U.S. Special uh, Climate Envoy John Kerry's trip to Beijing failed to yield an agreement with China on further actions to slash carbon pollution, uh, acknowledging that it's going to take a little bit more work just to break in this new ground. But Kerry said the two nations have vowed to continue meeting on climate change, a modest uh, step in the Biden administration's efforts to restore relations with the Xi Jinping government. Now, what's interesting about that is the fact that they don't really want to change anything. China has basically said, we're not going to do it your way. We'll do some sort of a climate change 
measures, but we're going to monitor it. We're not going to let you guys monitor our change. They're going to investigate themselves. Do you think that's really going to work? How's it going to work out? I mean, you can't even make it up. But that's where we are. These people, you know, it goes back to the the podcast I did on the Bidens, where, you know, the Bidens. Uh, yeah, here you go. ABC News. China's leader says the country will work with the U.S. on climate as long as political conditions are met. <laughs> climate, uh, China is willing to work with Washington on reducing global warming as long as political demands are met, the country's vice president said. Uh, John Kerry told uh, everybody. <laughs> the official Xinhua news agency quoted Vice President Han Zeng as telling Kerry that addressing climate change was, quote, an important aspect of China-U.S. cooperation, but was predicated on mutual respect. He said it must proceed on the basis of U.S. attendance to core issues that concern both parties, fully engaging and exchanging ideas. During this week's uh, visit, Kerry t uh, said that China's top diplomat, Wang Yi, that President Joe Biden's administration is very committed to stabilizing relations between the two biggest economies in a seek to restart high-level contracts. Um, yeah, China broke off contracts on a range of issues with the Biden administration last August, including over climate change and a show of uh, uh, peak uh, that peaked over House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. And China claims the island as its own territory to be brought under its control, which we will see that happen very soon. So China wants to do things on their terms. They don't want us dictating anything, and they want it seen as mutual respect, right? This is the ridiculousness of what we're dealing with. So... Here's the thing. China is slick. And it goes back to the podcast I was just talking about with the Bidens. They're idiots. They get themselves stuck in these scams, money-making schemes, Ponzi schemes. They, you know, they get into land development deals in Iraq, all types of craziness. And they, they dealt with the wrong people. They were arrogant. They started doing deals in Ukraine. They started dealing deals with China, thinking, oh, these idiots, we can, you know, make tons of money. And, you know, these morons won't catch on to the scam. Oh, they flipped the tables on them. And you can see this in the, in the IRS whistleblowers thing. You know, the, the Russian energy firm or the uh, Ukrainian en energy firm, some of the individuals involved were basically saying, yeah, Hunter Biden's this idiot, but we have to keep him on the board because of the fact that, you know, he's connected to the president. We need that tie. Um, it's, it's insane. So what China has done was to flip the tables and buy our leadership. And they've done that in Africa for a long time. They basically said, you want Wi-Fi, you want broadband, you want all this infrastructure. We've got money. We'll pour it in there. And then you'll just have to pay us back. Oh, that means they get control of these countries. And on top of it, the infrastructure they did, did build, yeah, it worked for a period of time, but it sucks. And so they're getting this crappy version. You know, it's, it's like we're getting TVs for like, you know, what, 70-inch TVs for three, 400 bucks, but they're made in China. 
So we get crappy stuff for cheap. It may work for a while, and that's great. They're doing that on a power level with other countries. So they've done this with the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Congolese President Felix, uh, I don't even want to attempt to say his last name, faces an uphill battle with his, uh, with his promise to overhaul what he says is an unfair minerals uh, in for infrastructure deal with China before the uh, resource-rich but conflict-plagued country's December elections. So uh, while the president's spokesman told reporters that negotiations over the restructuring of the deal went wonderfully, it's when the president met with the counterpart to Xi Jinping and a revised agreement should be complete by the end of the year. Nothing concrete was actually mentioned in the post-meeting press release. So the president has long said that the multi-billion dollar deal made by his predecessor, which gave China 68% of a major mining stake in exchange for Chinese partners promising to build roads, hospitals, and schools, unfairly benefits China more than the Democratic Republic of Congo. You don't say! How does that work? How does a communist country find a way to buy everybody off and it works to their benefit over everyone else's? Hmm. Methinks that's not a good idea to deal with communists, but that's just me. The DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo government, earlier this year released a report saying that the country had not received nearly as much infrastructure as it should have from its $6.2 billion deal. So Congo has basically made itself into a Chinese proxy by selling itself to China. And one of the things they're doing is mining for rare earth minerals for your precious electric vehicle. Now, what if I told you your precious electric vehicle that plugs into a wall, where does the energy come from? Remember that Chevy Volt demonstration? Where does the energy come from? It's plugged into a wall. I don't know. I think it comes from the uh, power plant down the street. They go to the power plant guy. Yeah, what, what's your uh, mixture of uh, energy for this power plant? That's eh, 98% coal, <laughs> right? I mean, how dumb do you have to be? Oh, it plugs into a wall and the energy comes from, you know, the energy sky god. He shoots down the energy through the concrete, goes through the wall, comes into the plug. Don't worry about the brownouts. You know, that god, that god turns its back on California because... You know, California is too much of a hedonistic place of, of poop and drugs and, and hookers. But, uh, <laughs> I'm joking, but it's, it doesn't make any sense that they want to attach everybody to a power grid using electric vehicles, especially when you find out how they get the rare earth minerals and how you are basically paying for slave labor. I mean, just abhorrent slave labor. So from the Guardian, like slave and master, Democratic Republic of Congo miners toil for 30p an hour to fuel electric cars. The names Tesla, Renault, and Volvo mean nothing to Pierre. He has never heard of an electric car. But as he heads out to work each morning in the bustling, dusty town of uh, Fungurimi, I don't know how, if that's how you pronounce it, in the Democratic Republic of Congo's southern mining belt, he is the first link in a supply chain that is fueling the electric vehicle revolution. 
and its promise to decarbonize the future. <laughs> this is just amazing. Pierre is mining for cobalt, one of the world's most sought-after minerals, and a key ingredient in the batteries that power most electric vehicles. He says his basic wage is the equivalent of, uh, of course, the padheads are going to know that I can't figure out what that means, but five, no, $3.50 a day. He gets paid three fifty. That's in there from South Park. It was Chef's parents. How much how much you going to get paid to go mine the Democratic Congo mine vaults? I get tree fitty. But if he works through the lunch and puts in hours overtime, he can make up to uh, $4.25. Not that lunch is worth waiting for, he claims. He's given just two small bread rolls and a carton of juice. Quote, the salary is very, very small. It gives me a headache. The mine makes so, makes so much, and we make so little. Huh. How about that equity? How about that income disparity, you freaking frauds on the left? If he takes a day off, he says his money is deducted from his wages. If he is sick and misses more than two days in a month, more money is cut. Quote, you can't even argue. If you do, you'll be fired, he says, squatting on the dirt floor of the bare brick shack that he rents. Quote, the relationship between us and the mine is like slave and master, says Pierre. Stories of the harsh and dangerous working conditions endured by miners in the DRC's informal and artisanal cobalt mines of child labor and miners being buried alive as tunnels cave in have provoked an international outcry in recent years, forcing the Western technology and automotive brands that rely on the minerals to look for a way of sources that are clean, cobalt free from human rights abuses. Some companies in the cobalt supply chain have promised to stop sourcing from these mines and instead get minerals from large-scale industrial mines, which are seen as safer. So, you know, you don't want the Nikes built in the sweatshops. We can just get them from the industrial thing. They won't be as good, won't be as cheap, but, you know... I. I don't know how they reconcile this, but this is the same thing. Let's go to Ukraine because Rwanda and what was the other one? Darfur. Now, you know, those abuses are bad, but not enough for all the globe to step in and and fight. You know, Sudan is being just leveled right now, but we don't need to worry about that conflict. We have to worry about Russia and Ukraine because there's ulterior motives for everything. Where they focus their energy is what is their desire. So if they want to go, hey, we just need to make EVs cheap, you know, if we want to push everybody to be on EVs and not have to buy $67,000 vehicles all over the place, we just need to have some miners out there in the Democratic Republic of Congo getting paid tree 50 to go out there and, you know, mine through their lunch break and, you know, get maybe a couple bread rolls and a carton of juice. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The left is a bunch of hypocrites. This entire climate movement is hypocrisy. They've even had, you've had the climate gate emails. I was going to do a whole story. I'm running out of time, but I was going to do a whole uh, segment on how they fudged the data. They were told, fake the data. The hockey stick, you know, Michael Mann's hockey stick, where it shows out of the blue, suddenly temperatures rise and go straight up. And we come to find out the models they use were fudged, just like the COVID models were all BS. All of the models were fake. Use that little trick you do to make the outcome come out the way you want. 
I remember that came out in I think 2007 two, or 2000. I can't remember. It was, it was around the early 2000s. And I remember it was around the time that climate change was at a high peak as far as hysteria goes. NBC had a little green peacock at the corner. And then the climate gate emails were hacked into and exposed for the uh, UN Intercontinental uh, Climate Commission, whatever the heck it's called. And suddenly they just went, it was like Homer Simpson gif into the bushes. Whistle bass the graveyard. Yep, nothing to see here. Yep, we're just going to go away for a little while. You know, Nambla is going to go away. All of a sudden we've got all these map organizations, minor attracted persons organizations, but we renamed them. But we went away for a little while because you guys caught on that it was all BS. That's what we're dealing with here. Complete and utter garbage. They're not doing it to save the planet because it's not changing the planet. One volcanic eruption has the impact of over our entire existence of automobiles. And we just had one recently, didn't we? <laughs> so I, this entire thing is a way to gain power. And they're going to treat the continent of, of Africa as slave labor and 80th class citizens while they sit there and rail against the IRS whistleblower on rants that have nothing to do with IRS whistleblowing blowing and on Hunter Biden and go off on these tangents about uh, black history and, and slavery and inequality and equity and all this crap because it's all about power. And once you realize that what you're being fed is a bill of BS and that power's the goal, then you see the real agenda, and you know how hard we need to fight against it. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Adrian Slade Show, and uh, feel free to tweet at the show. We might read it on the show. If you'd like to donate, go to anchor.fm slash support slash Adrian Slade or slash Adrian Slade slash support be a part of helping this uh, podcast further itself along till next time I'm going to be out of town going to the Outer Banks going to get some sun and some salt water but I'll be back soon God bless see you